Bible says two are better than one. So you see, there will be a better and a greater outflow of the anointing today. Amen. Praise God. Yesterday we began on a journey of faith. I want to reiterate and review a couple of things we picked up yesterday in the course of the study. We have found out or seen that um, faith is necessary for us to access all that God has to offer. Amen. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of faith. Answers to prayers are accessible through faith. In other words, we can assess answers to prayers through faith. We stand by faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We please God by faith. We do everything by faith. Hallelujah. And we have seen that the greatest economy on earth and in heaven is the economy of the word of faith. Right? Um, We've seen that what makes an economy is productivity. Let's all say productivity. If we can produce more than we need, and then we can export the excess to other nations, then we can make a lot of foreign exchange. True or false? By so doing, the economy will be buoyant. Amen? The word of God is God's productive raw material from which he makes all things. Praise God. And so when God's word comes to you, you understand that God's word has come to boost the economy of your life. It has come to increase you. It has come to raise you because God's word is both active and productive. Glory to God. We saw that in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Amen. That the word of God is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of spirit, soul, and then bones, marrow, designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen? And now we have seen that faith is very simple. Faith is so simple that we can act on faith or act by faith willingly. Let's all say willingly. Faith is not one of the things that happen when you are high or feel good. Faith is something you can deliberately do. The Bible says the same gospel that is being preached to us was preached to the church in the wilderness, talking about the children of Israel when they left Egypt for Canaan. But the gospel, the word, did not profit them because it didn't mix with faith in those who heard the word. That means they did not mix the word of God with faith. It was a deliberate thing. They didn't do it. They walked in unbelief deliberately. Praise God. Bible says they did always err in their heart and God wasn't pleased with our generation. They knew his acts, but Moses alone knew his ways. Hallelujah. Now, you see, we can act by faith willingly, deliberately. Are you listening to me? And we have to understand how this works. The first point we understood yesterday, we formed four equations, right? The first equation is that faith equals the substance of things hoped for. The second equation is faith equals the evidence of things not seen. 
The third equation is faith equals the word. The word of God. Are you listening to me? Then the fourth one, we join the first three equations to form the fourth equation, right? And we arrived at faith equals the substance of things hoped for, equals the evidence of things not seen, equals the word of God. Hallelujah. Now it tells us that the substance of things hoped for, which is faith, equals what? The word of God. The word of God is the substance. The word of God is the evidence of faith. Hallelujah. That means, though I might not see what I have believed God for physically, but I have a witness, I have an evidence, I have a substance of that which I have not yet seen, or I have not seen as yet. I can believe in my heart that it's already mine because I've got the evidence. And we used a couple of examples. Amen. The first example we used was the example of an SMS alert from your bank. Your parents just deposited some amount of money, either by transfer, online transfer, and then you get an alert from your bank. You get an alert, and the alert tells you that social amount of money has been deposited into your account. Amen. You rejoice immediately and you begin to plan on how to spend the money. Praise God. Though you have not seen the money physically, though you've not had the cash in your pocket, yet you believe in your heart that it's already there. Because the substance of the fact that the money is already there is the alert, right? Praise God. That's the SMS alert. And then we use another example. Um, paying for a piece of property, um, maybe for rent or lease, as the case may be. And then they issue you a receipt. Amen. Though you have not parked into the house, you've not taken delivery of the property, yet you believe in your heart that because the receipt has been given to you, you have access, legitimate access to that property. Right? Praise God. Now, that is what? Faith is faith, the substance, SMS alert, the substance, receipt, glory to God. So you have that receipt. You know, some, some people say receipt, all right? But I think it's pronounced receipt, right? The P is silent. Praise God. Just the same way you don't say unique you, it's unique, right? Praise God. You don't say lamb. It is lamb. Alright? You don't say bomb. It is bomb. Right? Glory to God. You don't say plumber. It is plumber. Alright? The beast silent. For some who don't know, so some people might feel like receipt. Is it taking an exam again? No, that's not what I mean. Receipt. That's what I mean. Receipt. Praise God. Alright, so that's how it goes. Amen? I said amen. amen. Now, what is the substance of faith? No, talk to me. What is the substance of faith? Yeah. I want you to clap for yourself. You are brilliant students. Amen. This is one where I know someone is brilliant. Anyone who retains God's word. If you don't have retention for God's word, you are a dull student. 
Because you can't go far in life. But when you have retention for God's word, you are brilliant. And I know your future is great. Amen? Amen. Clap for yourself again. Come on. No, I mean clap. Celebrate yourself. <laughs> Amen. So that, that means you're following, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance here is the word, right? Yeah, that's the substance. You see, faith itself is the substance of things hoped for. But faith has a substance, all right? And the substance of faith is the word, all right? Because, you see, there's no way you can separate faith from the word. Remember the third equation. So then, from Romans 10 and verse 17, so then faith, what? Cometh by the word of God, by hearing the word of God, all right? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's just put it together. So then faith cometh by hearing the word of God. So when God's word comes, faith comes. When God's word has come, faith has come. Hallelujah. Hello. So you see, that substance, the Lord spoke to me yesterday while we're going back home. He was giving me today's message. Praise God. He prepared me immediately after yesterday's message for today. Can you imagine? God is awesome. Who declares the end from the beginning? You see that? Amen. I said amen. He declares from ancient time that his cancel will be done. You see, God is awesome. God is awesome. Amen. Now, let me say this again. What is the substance of faith? The word. And then the Lord said to tell you that that substance must not be Amen. That substance must not be just in the book. Amen? It's not something that, okay, the substance is in the book. If the substance of faith is in the book, then it will not function. It will not work for you. The substance of faith must be in you. Amen? For it to be your faith working and functioning to produce results, the substance of faith must be where? In you. Say the substance of faith must be in me. Say it again. Say the substance of faith must be in me. Now, if the substance of faith is not in you, then it cannot work for you. For it to work for you, it must leave the book and then get into you. If it does not leave the book and get into you, it's just going to be in the book as a witness that it is God's word, but it's not going to work for you. For you to have God's word work for you, you must get that substance of faith into you. And when you get it in you, you can produce it through you, and it can work for you. Please note those prepositions I'm using. If you get it into you, then it will work in you, and it will work for you. 
Are you listening to me? You, you have to get it in you. Now, you could read it. But if it's not in you, it will not work for you. And that's why sometimes people think that because God has said something, all right, it should be so for them. And then they wonder why some things don't work for them. You see, don't wonder why. The reason it's not working for you, it's because it's not in you. The very moment it gets in you, it will work for you. Let me give you an instance. Can I use drugs for you and then lay hands on you for the drug to work on you? No, talk to me. If you want the drugs to work in you and work for you, what do you do? You take the drugs. Are you listening to me? You take the drugs, you swallow the drugs, and then the drugs get into your system and begin to work in you, right? The very moment the drugs begin to work in you, the drugs will work for you, true or false. But what if you take the drugs and then you felt like throwing up? You just threw up. All right? Now, will the drugs work in you? Why? Because they are not in you. You see, God's word is like medicine. Let's all say medicine. Say it again. Say it again. Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse 20. It says, My son, attend, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sins. Do not let them depart from thine eyes. Keep them where? In the midst of thine heart. For they are life to those who to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I love the way another tradition puts it. It says they are medicine to all their flesh. God's word is medicine. But the truth is this. It is not medicine to all. It is medicine to those who find it. So the substance of faith, which is the word of God, must be in you for it to work in you and for you. Philippians 2 and verse 13. He says, for it is God who works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Are you listening to me? God is at work in us. And how does God work in us? He works in us by his word. I want you to say that to your neighbor. Say, God works in us. By his word. Say it again. Say, God works in me. By his word. Now that word has to run through your system. Let me give you an instance. You might have a computer, a laptop, a hardware, but you don't have some specific apps or applications or softwares running on that hardware. You realize that you are limiting the possibilities. You are limiting how much that hardware can do. True or false? But the very moment you bring some apps in and run the software through the hardware, alright, then you realize that you increase the possibilities of the hardware. How many of us understand what I'm saying here? Even your phone, if your phone does not have some apps, your phone can't do some things. Not because your phone does not have the ability, but the, your phone doesn't have the possibility. Possibility is different from ability. Amen. God has created every man with 
awesome abilities. He says, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows right well. My soul knows that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, how do you bring out the fearfulness? I mean, awesomeness. How do you bring out the possibilities of your abilities? It is through the software of God's word. It is through the word of God. Are you listening to me? That witness, that substance of faith must be in you. It must be in you, not just in the book. Are you listening to me? Now, Jesus, in the great temptation in the wilderness, in Matthew chapter number 4, did not take the book of Deuteronomy to show to the devil and say, Devil, look at it. Can't, can't you see that it's written? You see, Jesus had taken in that word. He wakened my ear to hear morning by morning. He wakened my ear to hear as a learned. I did not refuse. And he had drank in that word. And that word was in his spirit. So when the devil came and said, if thou be the son of God, command the stones to become bread. He said, it is written. All right. Now notice he didn't, he didn't show the devil like this and say, read. He said what was written. How can you say what was written or is written when you have not meditated or taken in what was written or is written as the case may be? Praise God. Hello. Jesus had that word where? In him. Where did Jesus have the word? In him. Where must you have the word? In you. If it's in you, it will work for you. It's like medicine. You don't put some drugs on the table and then begin to admire the drugs and then the drugs will begin to work in you. No. You must take them in. Either orally, or you rub them on your body, or you're injected. Are you listening to me? Uh-huh. And then it begins to walk in you. Praise God. How do you get God's word into you? That's what we're going to consider today. Because that is where faith begins. How do you get God's word into you? Amen. Let someone say meditation. Say it again. Say meditation. Oh, talk it, talk it loud. Say meditation. meditation. Now, you see, when you begin to meditate on God's word, you are taking in the word. You are drinking in the word. You are soaking in the word. Joshua chapter number 1 and verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate upon it how often? Day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It says, Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Amen? You see, meditation gives you the privilege to get God's word into you. That means the words leap off the written page or pages of the Bible and then get into your spirit. Because you see, God's word is much more than letter. It was written down for our admonition. It was written for our admonition. All right? But you see, the Bible didn't fall down from heaven, you know, as a book like this, 66 books of the Bible, boom, from heaven, and then someone picked it up. No. The Bible says, holy men, 
of old. They speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That means all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Are you listening to me? It came by the inspiration, the breath. It came by the breath of God. It was documented so that you can contact the breath form of God's word. The original form of God's word. Are you listening to me? God's word was originally given in form of what? Breath. (sighs) Spoken word. And then it was written down. It was written down so you can keep it this way. And then open it up. And then meditate it so you can contact the original form of God's word. When it was given. John 6.63. Jesus said it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. You know what that means? It tells you the word of God is not letter. Alright? The letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. It is life. Let someone say life. Life. Say it again, say life. life. We understand that the word of God is life, not just letter. The letter was written so that we can read it and then meditate on it, and then through meditation, contact the life back of every letter. There is life, zoe, life, divine life, divine spirit, back of every letter you read. Are you listening to me? There's life. Amen? Life, life. Life is here. I want you to pick up your Bible, shake it this way. Say, life is in here. Say it again. Say, life is in here. here. Amen. The life of God is in this book. This is not an ordinary book. Amen. How do you contact that life? Meditation. Remember gospel, according to St. John chapter 1. Amen. I want you to note these words. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. And all things were made by Him. And there was nothing made that was made without Him. In Him was talk to me, in the Word was in the Word was He's talking about the beginning. In the Word was and He says this life has become what? The light of man. The word of God is not dead. The word of God is not ordinary. The word of God is not dry. The word of God is not a concept. The word of God is not just a means of communication. The word of God is not letter. The word of God is spirit. The word of God is life. It is quick and powerful. It is life-giving and full of power. That's what it means. Now, how do you contact that life in God's word, that power in God's word, that substance of faith in God's word? You have to meditate on the word of God. If you don't meditate on it, you can't take it in. And if you see any man who gives priority, anybody, any man, any woman who gives preference to God's word in meditation, He can't help it but succeed. He will succeed. 
Are you listening to me? Just watch. You just see that the man is prospering. The man is prospering. The first thing you need to know in life is not how to pray. The first thing you need to know in life is how to access God's word. Are you listening to me? Then prayer will come thereafter. Prayer is not a living thing. Prayer is not an end in itself or by itself. Prayer is a means to an end. The word of God is the end. The word of God is the alpha. The word of God is the omega. The word of God is everything. If you pray without God's word, you pray amiss. And if you pray amiss, you will not have answers to prayers. Amen? This is the confidence that we have in him. 1 John 5 and verse 14. That when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. When we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Are you listening to me? He hears us when it is according to his will. His word is his will. If you miss it in the place of God's word, you have missed it outrightly. God's word is the Alpha and the Omega. Prayer is not the Alpha and the Omega. Prayer is a means to an end. Prayer is a tool. Prayer is an avenue. Prayer is a vessel. The word of God is a living being. Are you listening to me? Jesus, the son of the living God. Jesus, the anointed one, is the word made flesh. So you see, when you meet him in the place of meditation, in God's word, you have met with success. Glory to God. Moses, the servant of God, had some few steps away from ministry. He was a step out of ministry to be with the Lord. Joshua, the son of Nun, was to take his place. He looked at his shoes and they were so big. And he felt so inadequate. He felt, do I put my legs in these big shoes? How will I survive them? And then he said, Lord, help me. After the death of Moses, the Lord God Almighty, the same that spoke with Moses mouth to mouth, not in a vision, not in a dream, as though a prophet, but he spoke to Moses mouth to mouth. Amen. Let me tell you some things. There are things in life that makes or make, let me put it that way. There are things in life that make people special with God. Do you know that? Hello? There are things in life that make people special with God. You have to find out what makes people special with God. I'll tell you just two out of them. You find out the rest as you study God's word. Amen? In Numbers chapter number 12, Miriam and um, Aaron, the siblings of Moses, the man of God, began to say within themselves, is it only Moses that the Lord speaks to? After all, God speaks to them too. And why did they say that? They said that because Moses married an Ethiopian woman. So they despised the man of God. And God called the three of them. At the door of the witness, the tabernacle of witness, God said to them, look up please. 
I want to share some things with you very briefly. All right? Still in line with what we're considering. What did God say to them? God said, Of the three of you, is there anybody I speak to mouth to mouth? Moses said, Yes. Aaron could not lift up his hand. Miriam could not lift up a hand. Amen. He said, If I will speak to Miriam and Aaron, I speak to you in dreams and visions. But this is the one I speak to mouth to mouth. Are you not afraid? God said that. Are you not afraid to despise Moses, the one to whom I speak mouth to mouth? Aaron was the high priest, so God respected that office of the high priest. But for Miriam, she was a prophet. Jesus was to come to be high priest, so that office must not be defied with leprosy. And the Bible says the wrath of God kindled against Miriam and Aaron, and the Lord departed from the tabernacle of witness. The cloud of glory left. And instantly, leprosy hit Miriam from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. And she was as white as snow. And Aaron said, please, Moses, beseech the Lord on our behalf that his wrath will not kindle against us. And Moses cried unto the Lord, Lord God Almighty, have mercy. And the Lord said, I have heard your voice. But you see, keep this woman out of the camp for seven days. She must be outside the camp for how many days? And Israel could not advance in the Exodus. They had to wait for Miriam. For seven days, she now came back and she was cleansed. Praise God. Amen. And God said two things. He said, Moses was a man who was faithful in all his house. Let's all say faithfulness. Number two, Moses was a man who spoke with God mouth to mouth. Let's all say intimacy. (laughs) Two of those things that make people special with God. Find out the rest for yourself. One of the ways to be intimate with God is meditation. Let's all say meditation. Meditating on the word will bring your heart close to God when you begin to meditate and meditate and meditate in the Word of God. You see, when God's Word gets into your heart, into your spirit, things will begin to happen for you. I want you to read this scripture very quickly. Psalm 119. I want, I want you to read it. If you have it, say Amen. Amen. We start the reading from verse 9. He says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Is it not by taking it unto thy word, or taking it according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O Lord, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? Sin against thee. You see that? The word of God must be hid where? Talk to me. Where? 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 How much of God's word is in your heart will determine how much of faith that is there. Because faith is directly proportional to the word of God. 
When God's word grows in your heart, faith grows naturally. Because you see, faith feeds on the word. The word of God is faith's food. You starve a man, you weaken him. True or false? Starve him, you weaken him. You feed him, you strengthen him. You can feed your faith and starve your doubt. How do you feed your faith? Get into God's word and meditate. When God's word gets into you through meditation, your faith naturally grows. The things that used to intimidate you, the things that used to terrify you, the things that you were afraid of before now, you just find out that you're no longer afraid of them. Why? Because your faith has grown. Your faith can grow tremendously. Someone says, well, faith is a gift. If God gives you faith, then you have it. If it does not give you faith, then you don't have it. So let's wait until God gives us faith. Listen very carefully. The Bible says, so then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. If I would sit down with God's word and meditate on God's word and hear it from within my spirit, then my faith will grow. If the word is not in you, if, even if you are trying to act it out, it will not work for you. Amen. It says, by faith, the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea, walking on dry land. Alright? It says the Egyptians, are saying to do the same, were consumed. In other words, they wanted to imitate them that it's not dry land, let's pass through it too. They passed through the Red Sea by what? Faith! They were trying, the Egyptians were trying to pass through the Red Sea by sight. I always tell people, what you're trying to do is the word of God in you. Have you caught it? And that's why faith is not stubbornness. No, they, I, will, I will not agree. I will not agree. I will not agree. I will not agree. That's not faith. That's stubbornness. Faith is in you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The word of God is there. And then you can, you, mm, this thing is here. And you know that 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 you know a thousand times. That what you believe will definitely come to pass. Are you listening to me? It's called faith. You get the word of God into you through meditation. And you see, meditation is a master key to success. I mean, meditating on the word. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Now notice God didn't say, if thou shalt pray regularly, all right, thou shalt have good success. Well, are you saying we should not pray? No, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray. I'm saying prayer is not the first thing. Meditation is the first thing. So that your prayer will stem out of your meditation, the word of God in your spirit. Jesus speaking in John chapter number 15 and verse 7. Gospel according to St. John chapter 15 and verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatsoever you will and it shall be done unto you of my Father which is in heaven. You shall ask whatsoever you will. It will leap into being for you. It will happen. Why? 
Because you abide in me and my words abide in you. How do you get God's word to abide in you? Meditation. Do you know there are a lot of Christians who wake up in the morning and rush into the day and make a mess of the day and then come back again and then sleep in disappointment and depression and then the following day rush into the day and make a mess of it again and then rush back again and they've made a mess of one week, a mess of one month, a mess of one year, a mess of another year. Why? Because they've not given their heart to the word. I like the way another transition puts it in Joshua 1.8. It says, This book of law shall not depart out of the man, but thou shalt meditate upon it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It says, Then thou shalt be able to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. The word of God gives you the ability to be wise in your dealings. You see, some people, they don't know they have to change their friends because they don't know God's word. They keep patching it up, patching it up, and until they are messed up. When you understand God's word, Proverbs thirteen twenty, he who works with the wise shall be wise, but the companions of fools shall be destroyed. That is enough to say, enough is enough. Let's call it quit. You see, God's word is your wisdom. Paul writing to Timothy, he said, For thou hast known the Holy Scriptures from thy youth, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. See, God's word is able to make you wise unto healing, prosperity, unto success. God's word. When it is heaped up in your spirit, wisdom comes out of you naturally. You know how to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. But you see, if you are low on God's word, you are low on wisdom. And when you are low on wisdom, you are low on productivity. For wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, what? Get wisdom. In all thy gettings, get understanding. (laughs) You see that? So meditation will, will bring you to a point that you know, you just know that thereby you eat. At night, before you study, is wrong. And people say, well, why are you not eating a bite? You say, later. And you just take small, Gary, just little, light. For some people, when they want to read, that's when they eat heavily. That's foolishness. And then they eat, and, ah, and then they carry the book like, ah. You are reading one page for one hour. And every word is looking alike. D, 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 Eba. That's the impact of Eba. It's an anointing. It impacts on you, and then your brain is heavy. uh... God forbid. Amen. Wisdom is profitable to direct. That's one thing wisdom gives you. Direction. It sets your bearing in life, so you don't go astray. Are you listening to me? First Corinthians 1 and verse 30, it says, Jesus Christ, the living word, the word that was made flesh, has been made unto us by God wisdom. Wisdom. So you meditate on God's word to access that wisdom. 
You can deal wisely in all the affairs of life. You can position yourself for the future. Are you listening to me? You see, a wise man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. A foolish man runs into it headlong. You can design that today you must prepare for tomorrow. A foolish man just goes on. Hey, did God, God knows tomorrow. Let's just enter into it. Yes, God knows tomorrow. And that's why he's telling you in his knowledge to prepare for it. The Bible says, Jotham became mighty because he prepared his way before the Lord, of, the, Lord of, the Lord is God. He prepared his way and he became mighty. Let someone say, the word of God is my wisdom. Say it again, say the word of God is my ability to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. Amen? I said amen? You see, as a lady, when you begin to meditate on God's word, you begin to see yourself as a special person. You see, women are special people. That's the truth. That's the truth. You want to know how special you are, ladies? Okay, let me, let me share it with you. When God made the man, it was a man God made first. Alright? And then, he formed the man out of the dust of the earth and then breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. When he was to form the woman, God caused the man to have a deep sleep. Amen. He took him into the surgical room, theater, and then the man slept off. And then God performed an operation on the man, took one of his ribs, the finest of the man, took one of his ribs. The man was a raw material for the woman. And that's why sometimes when you see some men, but when you see women, you, just, you see the way they go. And you just know that. And then you see, if you study God's word, you will know that, ah, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, Father, Baba Ekuise, Jesu Ekuise, Olorun Agbalagba, Oba Todamila, Woron Arare, Ekuise. God designed you specially. And when he brought the woman to the man, the man looked intently and carefully and said, Hmm. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. If you see crude oil, crude oil is black. But if you see PMS, all right, petrol, you see PMS is not black, right? But it was taken out of crude oil. Kerosene taken out of crude oil through fractional distillation. Are you listening to me? And then you, you can, that fine product can come out. Women are finer than men. Now for a woman, for a woman, for a guy to come and, and now say, well, let's go to tantalizer Mr. Biggs. So you can open your lamps like this. It shows you, you are low on God's word. You don't know your value. And then you spread your lamps because of a bowl of food. Chicken peri-peri. 
Are you listening to me? But the very moment you understand your worth, <laughs> you look at a bowl of food and then you look at your birthright. You can't put the two on the same scale. And then you begin to measure which one, which one weighs much more than the other. A sorrow and birthright. The Bible says Esau was a profane man, a profane person, and a fornicator. All right? He sold his birthright for a morsel of meat. And when it was time for him to lay hold on the inheritance, he couldn't get it. He cried with a bitter, bitter, bitter heart and tears. But he could not get it. You see, that's, if you give attention to God's word, you'll be wiser than your age. It has nothing to do, wisdom has nothing to do with gray hair. Gray-headed people are not always wise. The aged do not always know judgment. But there is a, there's a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. And that spirit is God's word in you. For the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That word can spirit you up. You can be spirited up by the word of God. You know alcohol is, you know, the old name for alcohol is spirit. They say, you want some spirit? They say, yes, and then they pour it in there. When you drink it, <sighs> amen. Do you know God's word can shock you that same way? You can, you can, you can shock yourself up with God's word. Hallelujah. Colossians 3.16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you, what? Richly in all wisdom. Richly. Let someone say richly. Speaking to one another or teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and then sing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5 and verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What am I saying? I'm saying God's word is strong. It's your ability to be wiser than your age. Do you know when you begin to feed on God's word, it does not matter whether you are 16 or 18 or 19 or 20, all right? You see, aged people, you sit them down and teach them wisdom. By the wisdom of God's word, you can be wiser than your teachers. Yeah. I will share my testimony with you very briefly. Let me just tell you one of my testimonies. I wrote an exam. My lecturer took my booklet, answer booklet, looked at it and looked at his marking scheme and dropped his marking scheme and then used mine as a marking scheme. He told me himself. He said when he looked at his marking scheme, he felt the marking scheme was inadequate. (laughs) Amen. When you feed on God's word, it will enhance your brain. I don't care your IQ level. It has something to do with excellence. Your IQ can be what a dead. Why do people smoke Igbo? It's not just to feel high. Because they feel they don't have enough confidence. So they want to take something to just upgrade them. So they can do what they want to do. Or they feel like doing. That's why some people go on drugs. And if you feel well, you don't have all it takes to excel in life. You can upgrade yourself and aid yourself. 
get into God's word and shack some word. <laughs> when you shack some word, you get shacked up. I remember then I would read, I would take my Bible and then I would take my books. I would study the word of God first. And then I would pick my books, I begin to read. After studying God's word, I pick my book and then in less than three hours, I'm done. And then someone said, have you read? I said, I'm done. <laughs> I was understanding the thing too much. <laughs> so there was a time I closed the book. I said, ah, ah, what is this? It was just, and the thing was just coming. Was just coming. Was just coming. Was just coming. Hallelujah. Was just coming. You see, for a man to have the tongue of the learned, all right, he must have the ear of the learned. You must hear as the learned to have the tongue of the learned so that your tongue is like the pen of the ready writer. Get yourself. You see, this attitude of some people don't read their Bible for weeks. And then I wonder how you've been living your life. Ah, what kind of life is that? It's a kind of life that wasn't cut out for you, wasn't designed for you. You were designed for the higher life. There is life as in mere existence. And there is life as in living life. John 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, But I have come, that you may have life, and you might have it, what? More abundantly. Perisos. Overflowingly. More than enough. Glory to God. Is someone falling here? Now let me quickly teach you how to meditate. You see, what I'm sharing with you now, if you don't take it so seriously, the next time you'll be hearing this same thing from my mouth, we'll be in Canada or in the U.S., and then you will come with a conference fee of 1,000, a minimum of 1,000 euros before you can be let into the conference. When we share these things, I'm sharing with you now. All right? Blessed are your eyes for the city, son of man. Listen, you have to get these things now. You say, remember, ah, he came tomorrow. All right? And at that time, I don't have the privilege to come tomorrow again. You have to come to where I am. So get these things. I'm sharing from my heart. See the way I'm sharing. Can't you see the way I'm sharing with you? God's word from my heart. Listen to these things. Take them as your life. Paul said when we came, was talking to the Thessalonians, when I came to you and I preached... God's word to you. You did not receive it as the word of a man. You received it as God's word. Don't see it as somebody is talking. No. God is talking. God is talking to you directly. Because now God talks through sonship. Some of you didn't get that. But you get it very soon. Hebrews, Hebrews 1 and verse 1. God in diverse times and in various manners spoke to the fathers by the prophets. The Bible says, but now he, he is spoken to us by his son. We are sons in him. Are you listening to me? 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. He says, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. 
in terms of appearance in glory. But it says, when we shall see him, we shall be like him. Amen. Listen to this, beloved. You are hearing God's voice, life. And if this voice would not touch you, nothing else can touch you. You are hearing God's voice live. Listen with rapt attention. Listen attentively. Amen. I want to share with you on meditation. Joshua 1 and verse 8. Listen to God. You see, this is one way to grow in life. Listen to God. Oh, if you will listen to God, you will do well. A lot of people don't listen to God. They listen to their friends. They listen to their circumstances. They listen to their feelings. They listen to their earthly parents, but they don't listen to God. If you will listen to God, the author of life, if you will listen to God, the father of all spirits, if you will listen to God, he will instruct you. He will teach you. He will guide you. Psalm 32 and verse 8. He says, I will instruct thee in the way that thou should go. I will teach you. I will guide you with my own eyes. If you will listen, Joshua 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy... Talk to me. Out of thy... Out of thy... Does that mean you tie the Bible around your mouth? And then you go about telling people the word of God has said this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Is that what it means? No. What does it mean? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, thy conversation. Thy saints, thy speech, thy confession. You know, there are a lot of people who say many things other than God's word. He says, this book of the law shall be your conversation. When you talk, you talk from it. You talk to people with it. You talk through it. You talk by it. You talk in it. You talk on it. You talk being under it. Are you listening to me? Let your conversation be that which is graced, well sorted. Are you listening to me? Talk from that word. That's what it means. In other words, make the word of God your confession. I'm talking on, I'm sharing about meditation. Let's want to say meditation. The first way to meditate is to confess God's word. Note what the Lord himself, he didn't send the prophet to tell Joshua. He said it to him by himself, directly by himself. And he said to him, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, thy mouth, thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate upon it. You see that? You see, you will not be able to meditate upon God's word when or if the word of God is not close to your mouth. It is God's word in your mouth that you can meditate upon. Are you listening to me? Not what he says. Please listen very carefully. He says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. If you understand English here, yeah, wave your hand say, I understand English. <laughs> this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but, now notice it didn't say, and 
Did he say and? He says, but thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. If it departs out of your mouth, you will never be able to meditate upon it day and night. Notice it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. What is that? Instruction. What is that called? Instruction. It's just like someone saying, you want to pass your exam? Read this manual regularly. What is that called? Instruction. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. That's instruction. If it departs out of thy mouth, you will not be able to meditate on it. But if it stays in your mouth, it will become your meditation. If you got that, say, I got it. Now, the very moment you put that word in your mouth, Ephesians 4 and verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Listen, there's a place of deliberately choosing your words. It's a discipline. Hello? It's a discipline. It's a discipline. When you're under pressure, you don't say, my life don't finish. You don't talk that way. It's a discipline. When you're reading and you don't understand something, you say, I know I will not understand it. I know. I know I'm an average student. Alright? If you're talking that way, you are limiting yourself. Why not talk God's word? Someone says, hey, will I just be talking God's word like that? What would that do for me? I need something very real. Can anything be more real than the word of God? Ah, uh-uh. What are you saying? By the word of God, all things were made. And there was nothing made that was made without the word of God. Are you now saying something is more real than God's word? Are you real? Amen? Can you be more real than God's word? No! God's word is the substance and the parent raw material for all things. Are you listening to me? So what do you do then? You take God's word and put it in your mouth. Let me give you an instance. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23 and verse 1. Very quickly. Very quickly. Psalm 23 and verse 1. You have it? If you have it, say, I have it. Good. Can we all read it together in unison? One, two, three, let's go. No, it's okay, verse 1. All right. Now, you see some people meditating this way. Hmm. Is that how the Bible says to meditate? I mean, God said to Joshua, God himself, he didn't send a prophet. He said to Joshua directly, he says, don't nod your head while you read the word. And don't read it internally. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. He said, well, I don't want to disturb people in the room. You can talk under your breath to yourself. You don't have to scream, but you have to talk it out. 
Someone says, must I? God says, yes. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, there is no way thoughts can override you when you're speaking words along that line. Thoughts contrary cannot override your presence of mind when you are speaking words along that same line. If you are speaking words along the lines of health consistently, thoughts of sicknesses cannot override your presence of mind. Did you hear that? Let's put this to work or to practice. You stand here and then you just take account in your mind, in your heart, of one up to ten, for example. Just take account. Just go. If I call your name suddenly, all right, what's the name again? Tony! All right, it is intercepted inside. Eh? All right, because you see, words are stronger than thoughts. The greatest force and energy in heaven and on earth is word energy, word power. In the beginning was the word. Sound energy is still greater than light energy. Yeah, some people say, no, it's not. Light energy is great. No, in the word was life and the life was the light of men. Don't worry, scientists will soon get there. They're not there yet. You see, God's word is light years ahead of scientists. They, were, they said the earth was flat. They said it. But God said, God sits upon the circuits of the earth. In Isaiah, the parabola of the earth. And then later on, they discovered that the earth was not flat. It was geared in shape. But it's been there in the word of God before they started researching. (laughs) Now some believe there's no hell. There's no hell. And God says hell is down. Hell is not up. There's no hell in heaven. If a man dies without Jesus, he doesn't go up. He goes down. Someone says, how? How do I know? He says, even if I hide myself deep down in hell, he says, thou art there. In other words, talking about God's presence. The lowest part of hell. He says, hell is down. Heaven is up. When you learn to talk to yourself, you will never be discouraged. The reason a lot of people get discouraged very easily is because they don't talk to themselves. And the friends that are around them don't talk well to them. Such is life. It's full of ups and downs. A man cannot get good from God and not get evil at the same time. God shares good and he shares evil. That is God for you. And you logo. And then you go. That is ignorance in its raw form. The Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Where will he get darkness from to give to you? The 
The Bible says, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. It didn't say, for the Lord is good and bad, and his mercy and his wickedness endure forever. No, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Israel say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron, the priests, let them say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. God is a good God. You see, you have to learn to talk the word to yourself. And if you don't talk to yourself, you'll be discouraged. Things are happening around you. Maybe you saw a test and then you're... You see, the, the reason a lot of people fail in life is not because they don't have the potential for success. One of the key factors that determine failure in life is discouragement. When you see a brilliant guy who is discouraged, his brain will not work. No matter how much he's got upstairs, he cannot read. Have you seen people shaking like this in the exam for 45 minutes? Fear ministers discouragement and discouragement ministers fear. And that's why you cannot afford to be discouraged. Lift up your hand and say, the Lord is my helper. Say it again, say, the Lord is my helper. I shall not be afraid. I shall not be afraid. You see that? That's how to talk. Sometimes you have to scream. When you see torture, I am blessed. Someone says anything the matter, relax. I'm dealing with something here. I refuse to allow any silly thought of fear and discouragement slip into my inner consciousness. For as a man thinketh, so is he. The man is going to be exactly like his thought pattern. If you think fear, you'll be fearful. Are you listening to me? So meditation. Now how do you meditate on that? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now how often was the frequency of confession? The frequency of confession is determined by how much what you are confessing has registered on the inside. If you have not caught it, keep saying it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If it hasn't made sense to you, don't stop. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Ah, the Lord is my shepherd. Ah, the Lord. <laughs> you see, it's making sense. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord. The, the Lord. Ah. And then the Lord for like. 30 minutes is just the Lord. You have not seen the other side. The Lord. The creator of the heavens and yet the Lord. The big-breasted one. The Lord. The El Shaddai. The Lord. The Almighty. The Lord. Who can deliver? The Lord. The one who parted the Red Sea. The Lord. The one who made the way in the wilderness. The Lord. Who caused manna to rain down in the wilderness? The Lord. Who furnished the table before them in the wilderness? The Lord. The God of heaven. Who made an idol worshiper a friend of God? 
the Lord. Ah, the Lord. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> Someone says, what is the Lord? <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you see, you have to talk it to yourself. So when that registers, the Lord is, not was, is, ah, is, present help in time of trouble, is, now faith is, is, now the Spirit speaketh expressly, is, present tense reality, is, not will soon be, so endure for a while. The Lord is. And then that ease is just for like 15 minutes. Ah, the Lord is not our shepherd, my own personal shepherd. My own. Oh. My own. My. <laughs> so I have taken the Lord for my possession. He said to Abraham, He said, Look, don't look for a reward. He says, for I am your shield, an exceedingly great reward. Possess me for a reward. The Lord is my, my, Tomahaya Maya, my, not our shepherd, my. It does not matter what is happening around, my shepherd. It does not matter how many people are feeling, my shepherd. It does not matter what is happening, my shepherd. Now, when, when you are done with that, shepherd. Shepherd. Hey. Who else can shepherd like the Lord? Who else can shepherd as the Lord? None. The Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd feeds, a shepherd guides, and a shepherd protects. So the Lord is my shepherd to feed me. Oh. No, 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 don't, don't say guide yet. Feet. I can stay on feet for three days. He feeds me. He feeds me with strength. And then you look at Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Ah. Oh. It just rests on that. And so when, you, when you start your day with God's word, you can never have a boring day. Because God's word gives your soul a lift. You are high on the inside. And people are down. And then you just, the Lord has become your laughter. <laughs> when you read, we read, you read with clarity, not confusion. Some people are already reading in fear and they are reading to fail. But the Lord is your light. Let's one say light. When you look at the book, you see A's. You, you, you begin to see, oh, when they ask this way, I will construct it this way. I will put it this way. The Lord is my light. Ability to know. The Lord is my light. Understanding. The Lord is my light. Knowledge. The Lord is my light. Wisdom. The Lord is my light. Advancement. So I'm not confused. 
Ah, glory to God. You see, when you, when you get that word into you that way, your attitude changes. That's how you know. The Bible says in Mark, I think Mark 1 or 2, Mark 2, they brought a man who was impotent to Jesus, who was sick of the palsy. His friends brought him. And they could not get into where Jesus was. They had to pierce through the roof and dropped him before Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus saw their faith. So faith can be seen. When the word of God is working in you, your attitude changes. You see, people become strong in the midst of confusion. They become strong in the midst of weakness. They become enlightened in the midst of confusion. Why? Because faith is working in them. The word is there. Is working. Chup, 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 chup. And then you see they begin to talk correctly. The attitude changes. Amen. That's what God's word does. You talk it to yourself. And then you talk it to yourself. Then you think it to yourself. And then it stays. It stays in your spirit. You act it out. And you become one with the word. It's called koinonia. Fellowship. Fellowship. You know some of us here can close our eyes and write a sentence. True or false? Can you close your eyes and write a sentence? But when you were in primary school, probably kindergarten, could you do that? Why? What's the difference? Knowledge has become part of you by reason of use. All right? Do you know there are some people when things happen to them, instead of responding in fear, because the word of God has become part of them. You just see, when something happens and I says, no, that's not the will of the Lord. The snare's broken and I'm escaped. They just said it, not because they prepared for it. Do you know there are people who talk in their dreams? Why some other people don't talk? They don't have what to say. Why? Because you see, they're not feeding on God's word. You can close your eyes and compose a sentence. And write it out. You can close your eyes and talk. Articulately. By reason of use. Do you know you can use God's word again and again and again and again and again. And literally it's just there. Amen. Two people were in the car. They were traveling. They saw a trailer coming headlong. Against them. They were almost running into that trailer. Or the trailer running over them. And then the other one says, oh, And then one said, the snare is broken and I'm escaped. So when a man is pressurized, what is in him will come out. Just put him under pressure. When you see people begin to talk, useless, what kind of useless life is this? I wish I were not born. I wish, you see, it's in them. That's what they've been meditating upon. But when you see someone who, who is full of God's word, when he's pressurized, he talks the word. Hallelujah. Yeah, we have to close now. Tomorrow, by the grace of God, we'll continue. I learned that there's um, a coffee female hostel, right? All right, praise God. Amen. Now, when a man, an uncircumcised Philistine, wants to rape a daughter of Zion, do you just cry? Please don't do it. Or you see someone who has the word. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets not. The the guy shakes like that. eh? You 
you see, when that word comes out, it's, it's like a volcanic eruption. There was one like that when a child of God says, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Alright? The thing that was strong under his two legs, shrunk instantly. True! And then he said, Please, sorry, I'm... I'm. It's when God's word is in you, you see, you don't have to say, hey, what do I say? But when it's there, it will come out. You have to put it in by meditation. Stand to your feet and shout, hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Amen. Tomorrow, when are we coming? When are we gathering tomorrow? 9 a.m. Please make it a date with Jesus. Jesus is calling you for a date. Oh, it's going to be fun all through. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So make it a date with Jesus. Let's come together and get God's word into our inner consciousness. And I know you will never remain the same again. Let me declare God's word over you. As you leave, there will be a sign of difference between you and those who do not serve God. As you leave this place, the glory of God that distinguished Jesus while he walked upon the face of the earth distinguishes you and yours in the name of Jesus. Now here this God said to tell someone here, from henceforth you will do things with ease. Do things with ease. You will do things with ease. You will no longer struggle in the name of the Lord Jesus. Two days ago I was meditating and the Lord said something to me. I'm the Lord God who says difficult things but does them with ease. Jehovah what do you call that? Hear this. Everything that you think it is difficult in your eyes because you feel, how do I get it done? How do I execute it? Thus saith the Lord God Almighty. With ease, you accomplish them in the name of Jesus. With ease, you accomplish them in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. By your God, you leap over a wall. By your God, you leap over a wall. The wall of pre-degree examination. By your God, you leap over that wall. By your God, you run through a troop. On hearts, you run through a troop. Think about it. For a man to run through a troop, running through a troop of the enemies, and then they look at you like this. David did that many times. He would just run through them. And they would see him at the other side. And say, how did he go by us? How did he go through us? By my God. <laughs> by your God, you escape the scourge of tongue. 
By your God, you escape the terror of man. Even when they have decided that let's bring him down, let's bring her down. Whatever it is they have decided to do against you. Thus saith the Lord, you escape it. You escape it. You es I'm not talking to everybody here. I'm talking to some people. I say you escape it. If you believe that, shout a bigger amen. Here there's, there's someone here. People that you do not know will rise up to help you. Where you think you don't have a connection. Where you think you don't have a long leg. But hear this. There is a God who sits in the heavens and make the earth his footstool. I don't know what leg or which leg can be that long. Thus see of the Lord. Where you think you don't have connections, you don't know anybody, the Lord rises up to speak for you. I said he speaks for you. He speaks for you. He speaks for you. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe it, jump up, shout, scream, hallelujah.